1: Money starts right now. I'm Melissa Lee. Tonight's Trader Lineup. Guy Dami, Pete Najarian, Dan Nathan, Jeff Mills tonight on Fast. The Dow posting another triple-digit gain today. And the Nasdaq is up nearly 5% this month. And if you're worried that you missed out on this rally, we've got some catch-up trades for you. Plus, it was a big day for Moderna shareholders So why have insiders been selling? We take a look at how much execs have gained from their own stock sales. And later, Jeff Mills has a pitch on one non-bank name in the financial sector. We'll find out why he thinks this stock deserves an upgrade. And yes, that's a hint. But we start off tonight with... Hello from the other side. Are the markets trading like we are on the other side of the coronavirus crisis despite the spike in cases around the country? The reopening trade, that was on fire today. And so far this week, cyclicals, most leveraged to uh, recovery, have been the big gainers, industrials, energy, materials, and small caps. So and what has underperformed the defensive trade during the pandemic, big cap technology. So Guy, what's going on here? Are we on the other side, as far as the stock market is concerned?
2: I'll tell you what's going on here, and I'm going to offend 90% of our audience by saying, despite the fact that Adele is a huge Fast Money fan, I know she happens to be watching right now, that might be the most annoying song in the history of mankind. That's why we used it. notice I was closing my eyes.
1: That's why we keep playing it, in fact.
2: Trying to zen out. You know, I'm, I'm a, you know, typically on a Thursday, I'm in a really good mood. You play that, and I'm miserable now. So I don't know what to tell you. But well, what I'll tell you about Wednesday. the other side is Wednesday. <laughs> uh, That's problematic.
1: Can we go on with what the show is about? Yes, and that we, is we can is the go on. Market. You played the
2: music. Not, you played the music. <laughs> because and the and question by the way, is, we, at
1: some point. Uh, at okay. yeah. some point, what? At some point, we're going to start the the show? No, no, forget it.
2: We're going to start it right now. (laughs) Yeah, clearly they're moving it. Listen, we've been talking about the materials for a while now, so that's not, I don't think that's surprising anybody. Uh, The mining stocks, names like Freeport, Mac, have had tremendous moves. I think you stay with them. The names that are sort of flying under the radar, and Pete probably agrees with this one, is a name like Caterpillar that's had a ridiculous move off its low. They report at the end of the month. You just got, to think, an upgrade at Bank of America initiatives, uh, initiated with a buy at Deutsche Bank, I think a 165 price target. I think this thing prints 150 by the end of the month when they report earnings.
1: Pete Nigerian, what do you say?
3: <laughs> well, I would agree with Guy on the Caterpillar side of things and the Adele thing. But um, in terms of the uh, the parts of the market that are are working really well, Guy's exactly right. You look at the industrial space right now. And it's been on fire, whether it's Raytheon one day or Caterpillar the next or Dow. And then all of a sudden, of course, we get those big hits every once in a while in Boeing. We just had some huge buying yesterday. Stock had a nice big move this morning and then recaptured that move that it made early after selling off. And it's just impressive to me, Mel. So you've got the industrials working suddenly the financials maybe are going to start to work, so that's pretty nice, and energy. So you're, you're looking at different pieces of the puzzle that are starting to work pretty nicely, and, and Guy mentioned materials as well. We've had an incredible amount of unusual acti- uh, option activity just in the month of July when it looks like the, the basic materials have k- really started to kick in. Now I'm talking about steel, I'm talking about iron ore, I'm talking about not the not the oh, everybody loves gold and silver and all the rest of it, I'm talking about the, the, the types of materials materials that really go into something that could be an economy that maybe starts to work into the future. And that's, that's what I think people are looking at. By the way, quietly and a nice big move, but look at where copper is, very close to $3. So it's had a nice recovery so far, Mel.
1: So if you piece these things together, Jeff Mills, the Uh, Outperformance and the nice gains that we've seen in these cyclical areas of the economy, the underperformance of big cap technology, which had been the sort of bunker trade during the pandemic. Do you think that stocks are trading as if we are on the other side, if you will, of this pandemic?
4: I mean, in a way, we've seen this before, right? If you go back to May, you had small caps rally, mid caps rally, value rally. Um, So we've seen that happen before since the recovery. So the question is, is it going to stick? You know, today we had the vaccine news, so the market jumps on that. But I still question how quickly economic activity is able to recover to pre-virus levels. I'm paying very close attention to the Russell 2000 as an example because it's trading right back up to that 200-day moving average where it failed a couple of months ago. Looking at high yield spreads as an example, nothing worrisome, but they've been creeping ever so wide uh, since the beginning of June. And then just look at rates as an example. You know, they're not necessarily underwriting the move in stocks is the 10 years right around you know 60 basis points markets up big today i think the 10 years only up a couple basis points so all of those things still give me a little pause i think about employment as an example you know there's this silver lining that a lot of the jobs that were lost were temporary and i think that's largely still intact But if you go and look at some of the increases in permanent job losses in June, for example, that was to the tune of about 600,000. So I think there are some questions. And for me, when I just think about the broad market, I think the risk reward is still asymmetric to the downside. Even if we're trading where we are now at the end of the year and earnings for 2021 stay at about 162, which I think might still be a stretch, you're talking about a 20 times forward PE multiple. So I think that just means volatility is probably still the order of the day.
1: To play devil's advocate though, Dan Nathan, stocks are forward looking instruments. So, shouldn't we be looking forward and past all this? I mean, we know, you know, when the markets bottomed back in March, did we see the full impact in the economic data yet? No, we did not. And so, maybe that's what we're experiencing right now.
5: Yeah. No, listen, obviously, the lack of visibility back in March was a real issue. And obviously, investors just hit the, the panic sell button there without any idea of what the hit to 2020 earnings was going to be, what the structural impacts to our economy and employment were going to be. So we've had this massive wall of liquidity that have been you know just thrown at our um, capital markets here. And we've seen a massive benefit, at least as it relates to risk assets. I think what um, Jeff is talking about, though, is what are the scars? that we're going to have from this this down 50 percent in GDP in the Q2, what is it going to look like in the back half of the year? And we still don't know that right now. So, you know, the way I see what's gone on over the last week or so, if you want to call it a rotation, Jeff also mentioned that we have seen rotations out of growth, out of tech in the past. Um, And what happens is, is that tech comes right back. I think it's really interesting that we woke up on Monday morning and I think some people said, okay, we are looking to the other side. What is going to get us there? Because the stuff that's gone parabolic over the last couple of weeks is not going to be the thing that breaks out the S&P 500 in new highs. If you think about it, the NASDAQ has been making these new highs for it seems like a month or so, but the S&P 500 has not been able to get above 3,200, 3,400 the prior high. To get there, we're going to need this rotation of these other groups. So all of a sudden, you're seeing banks rallying on not horrible news. You're seeing industrials. You're seeing uh, retail. You're seeing small caps. So that sort of momentum may be the thing that gets the s to the new highs. Guy.
2: I'm waiting for Saul Berenson and Carrie Matheson to walk in there with an a track player with Adele Music to interrogate Dan, because he looks like he's on the set of Homeland right now. <laughs> All
5: right. Listen, you know what? I'm going to give you a little hint here. You know where I am right now? No idea. I'm on the playground where I spent most of my days in college. I'm in West Philadelphia. I'm at the <laughs> University of Pennsylvania. I'm at the fabulous Inn at UPenn right now to be very frank with you guy. <laughs> go quakers
1: <laughs> i'm glad you satisfied the curiosity of an entire one person here uh guy Dami. <laughs> all right so stocks may or may not be on the other side at this point but the economy is not and we are seeing the impact of the spike in coronavirus cases in the data our state leadsman joins us now with the road back barometer steve what are you seeing
0: Melissa, we're seeing a definite impact of the surge of the virus on the economy uh, when it comes to uh, consumer spending and when it comes to employment. Looking at our road back barometer, let's conclude the uh, chase. uh card spending tracker that looks over year over year spending with J.P. Morgan credit card uh, uh, information. And it's down 10.7 percent. I'll show you some really interesting differences in that in just a second. That's better than the uh, it's worse than the best levels it was at in, in, in later June. Looking at home base employment uh, gauge of, of employees working, uh, it's down 30 percent in the hot st- Hotspot states, Florida, Texas, and Arizona, and that's well off the, the best levels that it achieved in late June. While if you look at other states, they're pretty much at the best levels of down 23% compared to February. So let's look at the history of this. What you see is when you look at just Arizona, Florida, and Texas, they were leading the country in putting employees back to work. And then since mid June, it has dipped down, and those three states now are lagging, and the other states. Still down, but picking up a bit of the slack that's out there. Looking at the Chase card spending data, we can separate that by card present and card not present. Card not present, people buying online, you can see what's happened there. It was card present, people at stores, that was coming back. It's now flat to down. And if you look at the very end, the red line at the end, that's bumped back up. People, again buying more stuff online. That shows you that there's been some retrenchment in the opening up in the high-frequency data. And a very interesting correlation found here by, the, uh, by Jesse Edgerton at J.P. Morgan. He said states with higher levels of spending, especially card-present restaurant spending, have seen more rapid growth of the virus in subsequent, subsequent weeks. So, Melissa, a really interesting finding there from J.P. Morgan about people going to restaurants and then getting the virus.
1: Steve, if you had to marry uh, what we heard from the Beige Book today with, with the road back barometer in terms of employees working, I mean, one standout aligned in the Beige Book today was that it was difficult to find the employees to return to work. So it would seem that there's a little bit uh, of friction there as well. So even if, even if companies are reopening and they want to reopen and they want to return their workforce, it's difficult to find those workers.
0: I think that's an issue. Um, I think the Beige Book closes a little bit before. The data I'm looking at is days old. The Beige Book, about a week or two old. So I don't know how much the Beige Book would have picked up this recent round of the uh, resurgence of the coronavirus and the impact that it had on the data. It's taken a little while to show up, but it's definitely shown up. That issue of bringing employees back, there were three reasons that were put out there. One was child care. Mm. Two was... Um, uh, health concerns on the part of workers, and three was the unemployment benefits. The unemployment benefits are going to work themselves out sooner or later, and people are going to lose those benefits. So we'll see how much that's held back employment. And just real quickly for Guy, Guy, the rule in television is if you publicly say you don't like a song, they play it more often.
1: <laughs> yeah. There you go. The more you know, once again, Steve Leisman always educating us on many different levels. We appreciate it, Steve Leisman. Guy.
2: Well, I happen to know for a fact that Steve's cover band, Steve's band covers that Adele tune, and they do it magnificently, (laughs) number one. And an hour ago, Mark Cuban tweeted something an hour ago that's true. We're in the midst of the greatest economic experiment in the history of mankind, basically, and he doesn't know how it's going to end. I don't think anybody does. You know, we've created $6 trillion out of nowhere, and it apparently is making its way into the stock market. My big fear, amongst many is the fact that, you know, inflation, despite what the Fed says, is definitely creeping higher in a very low-growth environment. That's an unhealthy mix, but it's not for tomorrow, which apparently is Thursday. That's for many months, if not a year or so from now.
1: Jeff, this, you know, in terms of the data that Steve was pointing out, this is exactly what you were talking about in terms of the concerns that you had that have yet to play out.
4: Right. And we we talk about airlines all the time. We've mentioned the TSA data. And you see this huge recovery off the bottom, but then you still see this massive gap between where we are today and where we were a year ago. So my question continues to be, where does that plateau, whether it's travelers or anything else? And and I go back to the June jobs report. You know, you had 40 percent of those five million jobs that we gained were in leisure and hospitality. So again, looking forward to July. What does that then look like? And again, looking forward to the end of the month when some of those additional unemployment benefits roll off, what does that do for that income gap that's been filled by fiscal policy? I just think there are a lot of question marks for a stock market that's trading this close to an all-time high.
1: All right. We got some breaking news here on American Airlines. Let's get to Phil LeBeau for that. Phil.
6: Melissa, it is WARN notice season, which is, remember, a federal requirement that if you're going to have mass layoffs, you need to notify employees of that at least 60 days in advance. And American, like other airlines, expecting to be dramatically smaller starting October 1st. So the company has sent out or has notified uh, its employees that 25,000 WARN notices, essentially layoff notices, will be sent out in a letter to the employee's CEO. uh, Doug Parker says that they anticipate having 20,000 more employees than they will need with the smaller schedule that they'll be putting in effect uh, starting October 1st. We're not going to run down all of the numbers but here are the big ones. Flight attendants, they need to eliminate 9,950 positions, uh, followed by fleet service, basically you're talking about your ramp workers, etc., 4,500. Maintenance and other related jobs, 3,200. Passenger service, gate agents, eliminating 2,900 jobs. Pilots, eliminating 2,500 jobs. We should be clear, just like United, when they uh, sent out their notices uh, within the last week or so, American is going to be offering early retirement packages, as well as unpaid leaves of absences. There are a number of employees, thousands of employees, who may take those packages. So... Not all 20,000 employees will be laid off. In fact, it's going to be a smaller number than that, just as it is at United and at other airlines as well. But clearly, they're going to be eliminating at least 20,000 positions, and these notices are being sent out to 25,000 workers.
1: Are, are, is this deeper than expected, Phil? Is this more than expected? No, it's about
6: what we expected, okay. Melissa. It's about and, and basically, you're looking at about 27% of the company. And this is what we're seeing with all of the airlines. They're going to be anywhere between 20 and 25% smaller in terms of manpower come right. October 1st.
1: Phil, thanks. Phil LeBeau you bet. with the News on American. Uh, Pete Nigerian Are airlines a trade yep. at all?
3: I think they are a trade, but everything is a trade right now, Mel, until we actually get the vaccine. And there are so many different drug companies out there. We hear from Moderna one day, it's Pfizer the next day, AstraZeneca after hours, it's Merck, it's whatever, Sanofi. And, and everybody's working on these vaccines. I think the thing with the airlines right now, though, Mel, is the question you asked at the very end uh, to Steve made total sense to me. Wasn't this somewhat expected? It's a lot like the bank earnings. We, you know, you go into the bank earnings, and you, were, you and I were talking just last week. And you said I sound a little negative, and it's not necessarily that I'm negative, it's just where do they go from here? And we do have to just sort of wait that out, and we we can see that. Look at Goldman Sachs today. When when they delivered these unbelievable trading numbers, and they gave, gave us all the different numbers that they gave us, they absolutely crushed the earnings. Stock was up 4%. It immediately pulled back. And the same thing happened the day before with J.P. Morgan. It jumped towards 100, and then immediately pulled back. So... You know, I think the financials are are kind of in a very difficult spot. But getting back to the the airlines, yeah, I, I think this is to be expected. And I think at some point in time, when we get the absolute news that there will be, or at least they're a little bit closer to a phase three of vaccines, then we'll start to see that flip around, I think, for the airlines. But until then, it's certainly just a trade. There is no way you can invest
1: in that right now. All right, we've got a news alert on a hack at Twitter. Julia Borson's got the details. Julia.
7: That's right. We're watching this story. Several high profile Twitter accounts appear to have been hacked with comments posted about cryptocurrency. The hacked accounts include Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, Elon Musk, Uber and Apple. Many of the tweets have already been deleted. To give you a sense of what these tweets are saying, the Uber tweet read, quote, due to COVID-19, we are giving back over $10 million in Bitcoin. All payments sent to our address below will be sent back doubled. They then post a Bitcoin address and say that this is only going to be going on for the next 30 minutes. We've reached out to Twitter. They tell us that they are looking into it um, and uh, don't have any real answers about what's going on here. Now, our colleagues at NBC indicate that money has already been sent. Um, NBC News reporting that over 250 transactions have already been sent to that Bitcoin address. So pretty striking there.
1: Uh, Hopefully we'll get to the. Bottom of this, Melissa. All right, Julia. Thank you, Julia Boorstin. Um, Dan Nathan. This is targeting, a, you know, a, f- a few accounts. It's not a widespread hack, but at the same time, this is not good news for Twitter.
5: Not good news for Twitter, not good news for anybody in the social space when you think about what is one of the biggest existential threats that are facing these companies right now. It's really surrounding trust and safety of their platforms. This goes back, obviously, to the 2016 um, election. So this is not the sort of news that you'd like to see in a very heated um, election season. If they can hack Elon Musk and Bill Gates, some of the, the most technologically savvy people on the planet, um, we know that there's others who are very important whose and their words matter, um, if they are co-opted and hacked, there's much bigger implications than some bitcoins being tossed around on the Internet.
1: Yeah, Guy, a lot of blue checked aqu- accounts that were hacked, including, as Julie had mentioned, the, the accounts of corporations like Apple as well as Uber. And, you know, as, as we get nearer and nearer the election, this is going to be a focus and could be a source of scrutiny by lawmakers on, so, on Twitter and social media. 100 percent. And so how my mind works is I go back to a conversation we
2: had a week or so ago, but a conversation we've been having for months about the importance of these, uh, these, all these companies, uh, the, the, the FireEyes of the world, the Palo Alto networks of the world, right? Those are the companies that are in play now. PANW scares me a bit because it sort of went up to 250 and failed, but there's something going on with FireEye, in my opinion. And I think these cybersecurity names or where you want to focus your attention in the wake of this news out of twitter
1: twitter shares right now are down three and a half percent as you see there in the after hour session um pete nigerian does this is this a significant risk in your view to the twitter story
3: oh yeah i i, I think this is a, a absolute monster risk quite honestly and i will have to see how this plays out but to guy's point and you brought up fireeye guy i think that 's a really interesting point because of the fact that we 're always talking about cybersecurity we 're looking for, and we talk about it all the time in all the other different stocks that come up in this category but That's a name that always seems to come up. One of these days, I think we'll see that name somewhere else other than where it is right now. But I don't know when that day is going to come. But I can tell you this, we constantly see, Dan knows this as well, there are always call buyers in there, Mel. There's always speculation in this name. And that's just something we have to deal with as we try to navigate through this whole thing. And security is as big a deal as it is for Facebook. It absolutely is for Twitter.
1: Yeah, um, just checking on social media stocks in the after hours, it does seem that it is, it is a Twitter problem in that Facebook shares uh, are basically flat after hours, down a tenth of a percent, and Snapchat is flat as well. Jeff Mills, uh, last word here on Twitter.
4: Yeah, and I think Twitter might actually end up getting punished disproportionately just because it has had certain problems with monetizing its ad platform. So there are questions fundamentally about the company. So anything that adds an overhanging risk like this, I think, could be a potential issue. But you've seen other companies like Zoom that have had security problems where the stock hasn't reacted. So I think investors might look through to some of those growth elements. And because Twitter has some questions there, it could be hit a little bit harder.
1: All right, let's move on here. The recovery may face challenges, but our next guest is stocks grinding higher. Chris Harvey is the head of equity strategy for Wells Fargo Securities. Chris, great to have you with us. Great to be back. Grind higher with, with what sort of leadership? So what we think is going to happen is you're going to
8: continue to get this less bad news type situation or story. And what's going to happen is people are going to realize that we hit the worst in the economy, We're slowly grinding back. It's not all unicorns and rainbows, and it's not a straight line up, but eventually we'll grind higher. And as that occurs, all your stay-at-home plays will probably consolidate or underperform. And what we think is going to happen is you'll have that rotation into your more economically sensitive names, and they'll begin to work. And that's exactly what we're beginning to see.
1: So should investors, if they had been hiding out in names like Amazon and Netflix and and Facebook and Microsoft, should they be looking at industrials and some of the more cyclical names?
8: So the simple answer is I, I think yes, so. What we've been telling clients to do is we want them to pepper their portfolio with some of your deeper value names, some of your contrarian names, some of your cyclical names. These are the names where we think there are the greatest mispricings. And it's not so much that we really hate some of these Uber caps and some of these tech names. But they've had a heck of a run. We want you to take some profits, and we want want you to cycle it back down into these more economically sensitive names because this is where we think you're going to get the real price
5: action.
1: Dan, you got a question? Hey, hey Chris.
5: Yeah, hey, Chris. It's Dan. How are you, bud? Um, hey, listen, you know, just in the last... 20 minutes, we see the headline from American Airlines cross the wires that they may um, lay off 25,000 workers. Last week it was United, 27,000 workers. How are you thinking about some of the scars that are going to be kind of placed on our economy going forward, despite the news in the next couple quarters that might be less bad to Q2? Are we going to be dealing with structural unemployment um, in 2021? That's going to be a huge damper on consumer spending going forward. Right. So uh,
8: a couple things there, Dan. So, one, our biggest fear is not this big sell-off in in the short term. Our biggest fear is some sort of melt-up because people are positioned for this melt-up. The other thing, we have 0% interest rates, and and that's going to cause speculation and leverage to come back in. Again, our story about this less bad scenario continues to play out. And and now back to your situation. What we worry about in that run-up, we're going to extend. And, And if we extend, you make the market less stable. And you're right, there are areas of the marketplace that just will not come back that are impaired. And we do see a fair amount of speculation starting to bubble up. And so we want to stay away from it. And eventually, if we do have this melt up, this 10% run, and we're already 4% um, month to date, um, we want to start cycling back into some of your, make a tactical call and cycle back into some of your bond proxies, whether it's utilities or rates or, or low volatility. But for now, we think the path of least resistance is higher. And, and I agree with you, there's certain parts of the market that are impaired that aren't great longer term trades.
1: Chris, great to speak with you. Thank you. Thank you. Chris Harvey of Wells Fargo. Uh, Pete, you agree? Path of least resistance, at least for now, higher.
3: Yeah, I do. Uh, Well, you know, and I was talking with Will Frost last week, and he asked me, he goes, what are the options telling you, Pete? And I said, well, first of all, we have monstrous volumes. And second of all, they've been bullish, 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 and bullish. So uh, I'll continue to go with that path and hopefully continue to be very disciplined in how I try to trade that. But that seems to be the, the direction right now.
1: All right. Coming up, square on a tear. We'll tell you what one of the company's co-founders had to say today at the CNBC Technology Executive Council. And later, new highs ahead for Netflix. Options traders are pressing play on that name. We'll dive into the options pits for that. Much more Fast Money in two.
9: Wouldn't it be great to have all your investment and retirement accounts in one place?
1: Welcome back to Fast Money. Check out uh, Square. It has pulled back in recent days from record highs, having nearly doubled during the stay-at-home surge. And we just heard from co-founder Jim McKelvey, who is the keynote speaker at the CNBC Technology Executive Council. Kate Rooney joins us with the very latest. Kate. Hi, Melissa. This afternoon, Square co-founder Jim McKelvey spoke with our own John Ford at the virtual meeting of CNBC's Technology Executive Council, it's a diverse group of tech executives, academics, and policymakers from some of the largest companies and organizations in the world. McKelvey started Square with CEO Jack Dorsey in 2009 in the depths of the last recession. He had some advice for those launching startups in this environment.
9: If the whole
10: world is thrown into chaos so that we're all now sort of looking like this level of discomfort, then it's not as bad relatively for you. So look, I'm not saying the pandemics are a great time to start a business because it's chaos. I'm saying that starting something that is new is gonna be chaos anyway. And it's sort of better if everybody else is is in chaos as well.
1: McKelvey talked about innovation at Square and its popular payments offering cash app. Analysts say that growth has been contributing to the stock's 90% rally this year. His advice when it comes to new products, he says, don't try to be cool, let it happen organically. McKelvey says the goal of Square from the outset was to be, quote, almost so boring as to be invisible. Melissa, back to you. Kate, thanks. Kate Rooney um, with some words from the co-founder of Square. Dan Nathan, do you like Square? It's It's outperforming its closest competitor in the payment space by about 30%.
5: Yeah, I mean, listen, you could love Square the business here. You could love how they're positioned for this post-pandemic uh, economy. You know, I think it's important to remember, like you said, the stock's up 95% of the year. It's up nearly 300% from its March lows. It's up nearly 50% since the start of June. So, um, obviously, a lot of people love the stock here. I think it's important to remember, while sales are expected to grow 100% year over year, obviously pull forward in a lot of um, different ways that uh, their their cash app is obviously destroying it, I think it's really important to remember, a lot of their small businesses that use a lot of the point of sale, a lot of payment things, are not going to be having the this, this sort of transactions, and they may be going out of business. But this company loses money on a gap basis, okay? So you've got to really understand what you're owning here. Obviously, there's a lot of enthusiasm with it, but I just can't tell you that you have to buy Square here, even if you think it is a massive, massive eventual winner. Guy. PayPal. I think this is a name
2: that both Dan and uh, Pete have power pitched within the last year at levels that were much lower than we are. And I know collectively we've been bullish in this name. It's actually pulled back over the last few trading days. I think PayPal, especially when you juxtapose it with the J.P. Morgan downgrade of American Express today, I think PayPal makes sense. Dan mentioned Square and their earnings. Actually, PayPal does have the earnings growth, I think, to back up the valuation. And I think you own a name like PayPal in earnings, I think, on July 29th. Pete?
3: Yeah, I love that PayPal, but, you know, Daniel Schulman's done an un- unbelievable job as the CEO, so they've got great leadership. They did the acquisition of Venmo. That made sense. They have great cash flow, so that makes sense. And fundamentally, they're sitting on, on great cash with a little bit of debt. So nothing not to like except one thing, Mel. This stock has sprinted, just like Square, not as much, but just like Square. It has sprinted to these levels, and Guy mentioned it has pulled back a couple of days, but it still trades an unbelievable P.E. multiple, even on the forward side, You're talking about 50-plus, so I think there is a pullback coming at some point in time. I don't know when, and I think that would be the best time. I wouldn't want to chase it here just because it seems like it's up there in the stratosphere at this point in time.
1: All right, coming up, Big Tech's run seems to be slowing down, but a top technician says he's got three names to help you play catch-up. Find out what they are when Fast Money returns.
9: What's on the horizon for financial markets?
1: Uh, we're checking on shares of Twitter in the after-hour session, still down by about 3%, three and quarter percent right now. Over a million shares being traded after hours, so very heavy volume this afternoon of a hack of some major in- accounts, including Uber, Apple, Jeff Bezos, Kanye West, Mike Bloomberg, and presumptive Democratic uh, presidential candidate Joe Biden. Uh, so obviously this is a huge issue for Twitter. Dan, it almost doesn't matter how exactly it's, it was done, whether it was some... some you know, security flaw. If it was outside bad actors. If it was internal bad actors. The fact that this happened, particularly to verified accounts, in an election season, is extremely troubling.
5: Yeah. I mean, listen, it's troubling because we know that a lot of the world leaders are now using this as a communication mechanism. And, you know, there's lots of potential implications of um, for geopolitical levels. I mean, we saw this, you know, remember 20 years ago, all the message boards on Yahoo and all that sort of stuff that was moving stocks around. That seemed to be like the worst sort of intentions. That's exactly what was going on here with the Bitcoin sort of thing. But there's just much broader implications here. And listen, I suspect Jack Dorsey is going to be all over this sort of stuff. I think he recognizes the fact that these social media companies have a massive target on their back from both parties here so they're going to have to kind of come up with some answers very quickly on this one
1: we should be clear at least initially uh, this hack basically was a cryptocurrency scam one wallet one bitcoin wallet appeared to have received the equivalent of over a hundred thousand dollars in bitcoin so far and it, it goes something like this the tweet goes out it says we're giving back send us a certain number of bitcoin we will send you twice as much and this offer lasts for the next 30 minutes. So right now, it's, it's a, a cryptocurrency scam. That at least that's what it appears to be. But Jeff Mills, this could have been any message that these hackers wanted to put out. Anything in the whole world, whether it be politics or geopolitics or, you know, something that, that has to do with the economy or coronavirus. I mean, uh, the implications of this are pretty scary.
4: Yeah, no question. That's probably why it will get more attention now, maybe more so than ever. I mean, you take all the things you said in combination, whether it's the virus, whether it's politics, economic data. I mean, people are at home and they're so laser focused on their news feeds, whether it's Twitter or television or, or whatever it is. And so many people now are going to twitter to Dan's point to follow a lot of these public figures and that's where they're getting their news so for that reason i think it's maybe even more so troubling today than it would have been at any other time in the past and and that may be a reason why the stock actually comes under some pressure here again maybe more so than it would have otherwise
1: Um, by the way we do have requests for twitter to comment we haven't heard back from the company as soon as we get any more details we'll certainly bring them to you meantime twitter shares are down four percent right now again on heavy volume in the after hour session let's move on for now the s p 500 has rallied back from march lows but not everyone's come along for the ride our next guest has three names that are primed to play catch up let's go off the charts with rob slimer of funstrat rob great to see you what are you looking at
11: hey melissa so look the cyclicals have had a pretty big pullback right as growth stocks have been rallying And if we look at these inflection points that we see in a lot of the cyclical stocks, it's roughly every two to four weeks you get this shift from one area back to the other. We had a peak in a lot of the cyclical stocks on June 8th. That's just where the uh, COVID concerns started to rise again. Cyclicals sold off very sharply. But most of those names now are starting to bottom. We had a very big day in small caps and high beta and cyclicals today. And really the question is is that is that all there is Was just a one day pop, or is there something more and i think there's something more i think it's another two to four week move to the upside favoring a lot of cyclicals you know if you take a look at caterpillar for example you can imagine how few people want to own this deep cyclical name but it's been in a bear market for almost two years and almost back on june 25th it started to bottom that relative performance started to turn up uh from from fairly low levels around the 50 day so even though we had a pretty big pop here in the last couple of days, I think there's still more room to go short-term. And for folks that have an investment horizon looking at over the next one to two years, I think there's a lot more to go in Caterpillar. And then if we look at some of the social distancing stocks, say like the airlines, like, like JetBlue for example, you know, a huge correction from 16, roughly down to 10 or so. Bottoming no at worries. the 50-day, nice little relative performance hook starting to take hold. I think there's more to go on the upside. still very timely. You can make the same case for cruise lines. Um, you know, casino stocks, all those social distancing names, and the last name I'd look at, you know, the, the banks are still a, a big question mark on whether they're going to work or not. You have J.P. Morgan reporting it's holding in, Citigroup not so much, Wells Fargo even worse. But Silicon Valley Bank shares, I still think looks really timely at current levels. It's just pulled back to the 50-day moving average. Relative performance is turning up, so I think there's still a lot of stocks that have a lot of opportunity, and most of those are cyclicals right here.
1: All right, Rob, thank you for those names. Rob Slimer, Strat, Guy Dami. If you had to choose between the three, amongst the three, which would you choose?
2: Caterpillar, and somebody's knocking ice cubes in my kitchen. I apologize. But Caterpillar, <laughs> we led the show with it, and I agree. I think there's probably 8% eight, eight to the upside here. I think, you know, you see it 150 by earnings. So the name I would choose would be CAT.
1: All right, let's uh, go on with the Twitter story here, because we are seeing Twitter shares down by more than 4% right now. Let's bring in Fast Money friend Gene Munster of Loop Ventures uh, for his take on this. Gene, good to have you with us. Thanks for phoning in on such short notice. Um, what are the implications of this hack for Twitter?
10: So near term, it is uh, uh, yet another blow to the company and just kind of really shakes at the core around the security of the platform. and. Um, I think that uh, that is negative, understandable. What's happening with the stock, but I would generally put this type of uh, of a scenario as something that is more temporary, and ultimately is uh, it will be a frustration for investors uh, to try to navigate this. But I do not think you're going to see a mass exodus from, example, from people like Elon Musk or Donald Trump from Twitter. And the reason is that this uh, both of those uh, examples, those high-profile examples, have used Twitter. Uh, Tesla doesn't do marketing, traditional marketing. Uh, Elon Musk does a lot of the marketing through Twitter, and obviously the president has effectively used Twitter. And so I don't see this as an example of uh, them being the catalyst for them getting off of Twitter. Uh, so I see this as more temporary. I think that the company ultimately has uh, much bigger challenges that we've talked about before, mm-hmm. just around uh, regulation and uh, just how they are going to navigate hate speech, and those to me are more permanent uh, headwinds to the company.
1: You know what's interesting about this hack, Gene, is that it's this has been going on now for I want to say an hour or so, where we've seen the accounts of President Obama, former Vice President Joe Biden, you know Elon Musk, all these people hacked. We know it's going on. And yet there's no sort of mechanism on the part of Twitter to shut it down or to, to do something about it, sort of akin to circuit breakers on the NYSE or, or other sort of, you know, measures. Um, is this going to highlight Twitter's response or maybe lack of response? I don't know if we've seen a hack of this magnitude before when it comes to such high-profile accounts.
10: Uh, to answer that is we have not seen this high-profile. It is reminiscent to some things that happened uh many years ago decade plus ago with the internet as it was starting to formulate itself we'd see hacks or outages of, of kind of critical so and what that exposed was greater security greater reliable question uh, reliability questions so i believe i agree with you i think that this will cause a uh, greater scrutiny uh, i think that this uh, is uh, a little bit akin to maybe cambridge analytics uh, with facebook something that really brought up a lot of questions about how they're using data. Uh, different general topic, but the basic concept of something that just kind of came out of nowhere uh, and will be a source of scrutiny around Twitter and Facebook uh, for some time here, for potentially maybe months. But ultimately, I believe that it will be more temporary, and I keep coming back to that principle, which is, what are the alternatives for these uh, people who uh, ultimately need to be Uh, on this platform and I don't see them jumping to other platforms anytime soon
1: we said that about Facebook and surely it's it's recovering we said that there is no alternative for advertisers so therefore people will stick with the platform advertisers will stick with the platform in the in the wake of Cambridge Analytica since you made that comparison but we did see the stock suffer greatly in the in the wake of Cambridge Analytica so could we see (laughs) the stock Twitter stock tumble much more than than beyond this four percent that we're seeing in the after hours today
10: i think you could i don't see it materially going lower but i do believe it will go lower because i think that this is going to take a little bit of time to sort itself out as you said this is an unprecedented uh type of a hack and so uh that generally is going to create anxiety for investors which is negative for the stock so i would see that the other piece too when we think about the alternatives we talk about—advertising dollars and Facebook—and then the boycott, all these other alternatives—is that presumably, if there was an alternative, and let's say these people would go to a different platform, they would have a risk uh, associated with uh, going to that other platform as well. Those other platforms may not be as well uh, fortified as Twitter, and so I think that there is a little bit of a danger uh, for for some of these. Uh, people are being hacked to try to embrace another platform because they may just be dealing with the same circumstances uh, down the road.
1: Gene, uh, thanks for phoning in giving us your analysis. Gene Munster of Loop Ventures. Um, Dan Nathan, you know, there's also another interesting, you know, Gene had mentioned Elon Musk and using his account to tweet company information. If hackers get in and tweet material information, which is, according to the SEC, a legitimate way of disseminating investor information, which moves stocks, Who's on the hook for those stock moves, whether it be up or down? I'm thinking mostly down. Yeah. Uh, but there's a whole other you know, host of issues involved here.
5: Yeah, and it's not just the founders or executives. Obviously, there's a lot of uh, investor relations of lots of publicly traded companies that use this as a as a newswire for all intents and purposes. So there's tons of risks in that regard. I think it's also important to remember, you know, this may actually not be Twitter's fault. This may be a very sophisticated phishing um, operation um, where these people were targeted and they're um, passwords and stuff were fished from them, not through Twitter. I think it's really important to remember that. So this may have nothing to do with them um, as far as a, a hack is concerned. And just one other point, you know, about these ad dollars and where they go or whatever. Listen, it's important to remember that Twitter is going to do maybe 3.3 billion dollars in in sales this year. Most of that is advertising. Um, it really is a rounding error when you consider what they do with Facebook um, and what Google does on the on the ad front on online. So to me, you know. The- the, 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 the value of Twitter is the scarcity of its platform and the importance of it. And if you chip away at that, then you, you really do have a problem company there.
1: Do you really think it could be a massive phishing attack that can penetrate all of these accounts all at once at pretty much the same time?
5: Sure. I mean, a very coordinated attack. We haven't seen a major hack on Twitter in a very long time. Um, You know, obviously it could have been through Twitter in a whole host of different ways. But when you think about what these people were trying to do, they were trying to get Bitcoins to move. I think the easier thing would be to hack these individuals than to hack a company like Twitter.
1: All right. Twitter uh, session lows after hours down 4.6 percent. Much more Fast Money right after this. Welcome back to Fast Money. Moderna extending its rally today up nearly 6% on positive data from phase one trial of its coronavirus vaccine. It's been a COVID winner up 310% just this year and up 20% in the past month. But sales by insiders are raising some eyebrows. Meg Terrell's got the story. Meg.
12: Well, hey, Melissa, as stocks of some companies working on drugs and vaccines for COVID-19 have soared. Uh, among those companies, Moderna executives have sold shares worth the most value, $160 million in the first half, according to Equilar data and an analysis by CNBC. Now, here's a look at the company's stock price and those sales in the first half. These were all done under pre-programmed stock sale plans known as 10B5-1s. CEO Stefan Bunsell has sold almost $25 million worth of stock, President Stephen Hodge almost $6 million, and Chief Medical Officer Dr. Calzacs has exercised options, netting about $40 million. Now, since July 1st, Moderna executives have sold almost $12 million more, all under those same 10B51 plans, while executives at Veer and Adaptive have done the same at levels, amounting to about $4 million each. Now, even though these sales are done through these pre-programmed plans, they have raised some eyebrows. Here's former SEC Chairman Harvey Pitt.
9: Selling stock at a time when your company is on the
10: cusp of achieving uh, something very valuable uh, looks like you're profit-taking and taking advantage of the circumstances rather than uh, selling because uh, there was some need.
12: Now Moderna tells us, quote, executive sales at the company are almost exclusively made under these pre-planned 10B51 plans, which are entered into during open trading windows in accordance with the company's insider trading policy. They note CEO Stefan Bonsell's holdings have increased in 2020. He remains a holder of 6 percent of Moderna's stock and has not exercised his options, and that his trading plans were established at the end of 2018, including a trust for the benefit of his children over which he has no decision-making authority. Melissa?
1: All right, Meg, thank you. Meg Terrell digging deeper uh, into these insider sales, which we have talked about before on this show. Uh, Guy Adami, you know, Meg makes a good point, and this company will point it out, as well as other companies whose executives sell into these pre-planned plans. You know, should should you be concerned if this was a pre-planned sale?
2: No, is the short answer. There's nothing nefarious going on, but to Harvey Pitt's point, The optics are awful because, you know, for most people, they see that and say, wait a second, if they're so confident in their product, why are they selling stock? And that's a natural conclusion to make if you're really not digging into the weeds here. So there's nothing wrong with it at all, especially being the fact that it is pre-planned. It just looks really bad. That being said, in terms of the stock, I mean, it traded 90 million shares today, traded four times normal volume the last time you saw something like this was back on May 18th when the headlines were extraordinarily similar, as was the price action. So in my opinion, my opinion only, you would take the opportunity to again take profits as this name. It worked in May, and I think it's going to work again in July.
1: We've got another update on this Twitter hack. Julie Borson's got the details. Julia.
7: Yes, Twitter responding to this hack, saying um, on Twitter, uh, Twitter support tweeting, we are aware of a security incident impacting accounts on Twitter. We are investigating and taking steps to fix it. We will update everyone shortly. So that's the latest. Nothing conclusive, um, but the list of names um, of those accounts that have been hacked continuing to grow uh, in after hours trading. You see the stocks down about three and a half percent. Melissa.
1: So they don't know what's behind this.
7: It, it appears not. I mean, uh, there are some some theories circulating, but I think, uh, you know, some of the, the accounts that have been hacked that they did have two factor authentication. That is something that has been attributed to why individual accounts have been hacked in the past. This does seem different because it is so many different accounts. Um, so trying to get to the bottom of it, we just see now that Wendy's another company's account has also been hit by this hack.
1: All right, uh, Julia, thank you. Julia Borson does seem like the list. Uh, Grows and grows, or at least accounts that we are aware of that have been hacked, grows and grows. So you have the likes of Mike Bloomberg, Elon Musk, Uber, Apple, President Obama, Vice President Biden, um, Jeff Mills. I don't know what's going on over at Twitter, but uh, the stock right now is down by 3.7 percent.
4: Yeah, I don't know what's going on right now either. It's pretty interesting. But I'll go back to Gene's point for a second, talking about the temporary nature of all this. And I understand there's sort of a Tina argument relative to social media platforms. And ultimately, it's all about eyeballs. And if you're looking at a near-term support level, look between 25 and 30. That's where it's held support over the past couple of years. If, if it breaks, then I think you have a bigger problem.
1: All right. Coming up, we're counting down to the Netflix earnings, what the options are expecting from the streaming giant. Stay tuned. You're watching Fast.
10: Hi, Melissa. So we're taking a look at Netflix, which is going to be reporting earnings tomorrow. It's averaged about 4.4% over the last eight quarters, but right now it's implying a move of about $50 one way or the other. That's 10% of the current stock price. And calls outpaced puts by about 3 to 1. Some of the call action that I was looking at were next week's 520 strike calls. Those were trading for about $30. It looks like options traders may be targeting that 550-ish or so high that we saw last week coming out of earnings.
1: All right, thanks, Mike. Full show, Friday, 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Final Trade's up next. Final Trade time, Pete.
3: MNST, Monster Beverage. Dan.
5: Cisco
4: Systems.
1: General Mills.
4: S&P Global, I think it goes higher.
1: Guy. (laughs) I love that. FireEye. All right, thanks for watching. Fastest back here tomorrow at 5.00 audio Jim Kramer starts right now.
9: If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, "I'm okay." When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, "Hang it in there." Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text or chat. 988 for free confidential support anytime you don't have to hide how you feel